Sweet Sweet Garbage is a podcast in which two women, Jenna Redding and Bailey Von Schneider, take a look back at some of their favorite garbage films and television. Knowing them as we do, we have to ask the question, why do they find themselves enamored with this trash? Not only that, why do we ourselves root for the problematic woman? We love a good crazy stalker, male or female. Why is Bailey okay with the idea of Penn Badgley stalking her? Why does Jenna want to single white female every person she meets? Can they be feminists and still enjoy these indulgences? Let's find out. Okay, guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Sweet Sweet Garbage. This week we have Bobby Bruton on with us. He's a writer and he's a really big fan of Basic Instinct. So and Paul that's why we've got him on. In general. And Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's a big fan of the director. So we've got him on. <laughs> And yeah, so Bailey, do you want to go into a little synopsis of what the uh, movie's about, uh, Basic Instinct? Former rock star and San Francisco nightclub owner Johnny Boz is found murdered in his bed. Detective Nick Curran is assigned to the case. He has a history of alcoholism and drug abuse, although he is clean now. The prime suspect is Catherine Trammell, an attractive and manipulative novelist who had been seeing Boz for a while. Police psychiatrist Beth Gardner, who happens to be Nick's ex-girlfriend, is brought in on the case when it's discovered that Boz's murder was copied directly from one of Catherine's novels. Nick starts to get too involved, and everyone seems to be a suspect. Oh, these IMDb... Like, synopsis is just the best. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it's like they always seem to, um, they say a lot, but not very much, much, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like, it's like very broad strokes of like what the synopsis is, I suppose. But like, it's like they always have these weird flourishes. (laughs) It's true. I wonder why I like the movie when I hear that synopsis. Yeah, you're just like, wait, this is the same movie? You're like, oh, oh. When, when I was rewatching it, I forgot that one of the angles was they try to convince you that someone other than Sharon Stone committed the murder. Yes. I was very confused because by that. from the beginning, even I think before I saw this movie, I knew that she was a famous psycho killer character. So... I never was fooled into really into thinking. Actually, I was fooled into thinking I had been wrong about this movie, and that it that I was watching the wrong movie or something. You're like, wait, because I. I <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had no idea that they tried to convince you for three quarters to well, I guess seven eighths of the movie that she could not be the killer. She, she maybe she is, maybe she isn't. Maybe it was Beth. Right. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess that's one of the problems when something is so iconic and it's not like it's not like it's not like in Psycho where, you know, there is that twist and that's like a real twist. You did mm-hmm. not you don't see that twist coming. You know, the way this movie is kind of set up like it is sort of a will that is it her? Is it not her? Like what is all of this who is she, is she trying to frame someone and all of you know it is it's a little confusing mm. but again it's so she is so iconic Catherine 
And everybody knows that she's a psycho killer. So, like, you're watching it, and you're like, I mean, why? What's with all this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this was actually, like, my my first watch of it. Like, I I'll clearly, like, I know about it. I know about, like, the certain scenes. I know about, you know, the ice pick and, like, all that. But I remember, like, not knowing anything about it. So, like, when I watched the first scene... Like, where, like, this rock star gets murdered. I just immediately was like, oh, of course this is Sharon Stone. And then I was just like, wait, why did they show us Sharon Stone killing if we're supposed to then unsolve this mystery? And then I went back and I rewatched it. And it's just, like, a blonde woman. And you, like, yeah. kind of not yeah. really, like, see her. So, like, my in my mind, I just saw Sharon, like, Stone the whole time. Because, like, I knew Sharon Stone was the murderer. So maybe in 1990. Two, there was like like little bit of disbelief that like you went into it and you're like, oh my god, maybe it's not her, maybe it is Jean Triplehorn, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But when you see right. it now, like so many years later, like I'm like, oh, this is clearly Sharon Stone this whole time. Yeah. Right, right. But I mean, the thing is, I guess during filming, again, you we brought it up a little bit right before we started filming or right before we started recording, mm. but there was a lot of controversy with this script before the movie came out because yeah. a lot of LGBT, um, you know, people were worried about the representation. Mm-hmm. And I guess what had happened was like a lot of these, pe- um, a lot of these activists and these people uh, were spoiling the movie uh-huh. before it came uh-huh. out. As like a way to, um, as a way to like get people to not go see it. Just gonna spoil because this whole movie. Everyone goes to see this movie for the twist. Right? Yeah. 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 I know. We want to go. We want to see like Michael Douglas like bang a bunch of girls. Yeah, Michael Douglas. And like banging so many people in the '90s movies, late '80s, early '90s. Woo. Well, you know, and that's another thing that was a controversy about this movie was because it was like. Um, you know, it's the tail end of the, like, AIDS pandemic, and, like, there's all this stuff, and I guess, like, even, like, sex activists, like, those, like, a lot of those people were also, like, why aren't they wearing condoms? Like, why aren't they doing this? Like, (laughs) I heard that's why Michael Douglas wanted to make this movie, that one of some of the things he said indicated that because there was AIDS, people thought you couldn't make a movie about sex anymore. And so he wanted to make a movie that was about having sex. Lots of stuff. (laughs) So much. In the middle of the AIDS crisis. It's kind of interesting. Because he thought you could still make a mainstream sex movie. I don't know what it was. He thought there was a hunger for it. Well, he wasn't wrong. I made a shitload of money. Everyone was too afraid. (laughs) Right. Enjoy it. Although it was, I was reading uh, Roger Ebert's uh, review of the movie, and he, he only gave it two stars. Huh. And, like, he did seem... I don't know, it was... He also hated Blue Velvet. Yeah, I don't know. He seems like... Although he did say something that I thought was interesting, because he was saying something specifically to the um, to sex scenes. And he was like, you know, trimmed down hardcore scenes aren't actually that sexy. And, like, I do tend to agree with that. Because, like, but I also didn't think that a lot of the scenes, the actual sex Uh scenes in this were sexy. 
Yeah, that's a good question. That, yeah. That's a whether you, anyone found this movie sexy. That's, well, I, I said the same thing about his other very like sex movie, uh, Showgirls. Like, there's oh, Showgirls, not so sexy much movie. nudity <laughs> in that movie with like no sex appeal at all. And I not was at like, all. <laughs> you're seeing so yeah. much nudity. I was just kind of floored by. It. <laughs> like not even like an iota of sex and like but that's, yeah i mean that's the thing though is a lot of the sexy elements of this movie of basic instincts are not the sex scenes like the sex scenes are kind of mm-hmm. i mean i don't really think of the sex scenes when i think about this movie mm-hmm. and i think this movie is a sexy movie like i think it it is like that cat and mouse type thing that i thought was sexy about this but then when you actually see I them have sex right. i don't I don't really care. Well, the sex scenes throughout the movie are more tied to potential violence Mm -hmm. and uh, just you're waiting for whether she's going to murder Michael Douglas because they're mirroring the same shots you got at the beginning of the movie. Exactly like beat for beat. This looks exactly like the beginning of the movie, the mirror shot, her arching back and right lunging on top of him you're waiting for this so you're waiting for whether she's going to murder him rather than enjoying a sex scene you're laughing maybe at some of the things yeah i would think Uh, michael douglas's face during sex is (laughs) in all this all the scenes he has is uh something (laughs) i don't know maybe he uh maybe it's uh uh what is I, I don't know it's compelling oh <laughs> I mean his face his facial expressions are definitely crazy <laughs> like it's so like off-putting yeah but yeah. you're right there is something so weird about like Paul Verhoeven and the way he directs sex scenes because he has these mm. like women who just like arch their back and kind of flail mm. around a bit like because yeah. you have yeah. like clearly the iconic pool scene in showgirls and then like you have sharon stone pretty much kind of doing those like he, same movements he, so it's just like it's true he did the same thing in showgirls in that the first scene with her and kyle mclaughlin's character she's doing the the um grinding on yeah him. he had her flail around and do that so that once she flails around later you you're supposed to be reminded of the previous you know the uh, the the lap dance that yeah. he got and what you I guess he was trying to suggest is that they're the same thing. Similarly here, he made the sex scenes all look the same. Yeah, which right. For some reasons, I, I, anyway. And I felt like that that one like the what was supposed to feel like the epic sex scene between Sharon Stone and Michael <laughs> the, Douglas yeah, was the fuck of the century. It just yeah. felt like so elongated <laughs> that I was just like, when is this over? <laughs> I know, right? Minutes, like, right? I, I feel like that's the exact opposite of what you should think in a sex scene. You know, yeah. it I or. I don't know. And it's so funny because, like, before I rewatch this, like, I've always said, like, this is a sexy movie. And I still stand by that. No, you're not I still stand by it's a sexy movie. But, like, those, yeah, I mean, we've said it. Like, the sex scenes themselves are just, like, in a different category. (laughs) Like, I just remember, like, you know, Catherine, like, standing in her beach house and like talking to michael douglas and like you know like that classic femme fatale kind of stuff yeah. you know like is she because i think it's sharon stone sort of like oozes that sex appeal so like i think that's what you know 
maybe sold this movies more than like you know let's say showgirls did was that you had a lead that knew exactly what she was doing and how to play that role and mold that role mm-hmm. and like sharon stone does that brilliantly she brings in vulnerability to Catherine. she brings in like a cockiness like a, a true sex appeal so yeah that's what makes it sexy and then michael douglas has always just sort of been sexy so you have two people that are like sexy you know, the sex itself mm-hmm. might not be like fatal attractions. Like the the sex and fatal attraction is sexy versus yeah, just the is. people in this <laughs> are just sexy. You know? Right, right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That director is the other one, I forget his name now. Oh, Adrian he's Lin. He's a much better mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a much better director of sex scenes. Mm-hmm. In terms of that. I mean if that's what you want from your sex scenes. Yeah. If you want things to look kind of like Paul Verhoeven shoots sex scenes in a very matter-of-fact way. Mm. I think that's part of it. They almost become... He thinks of sex as part of, I think, part of just part of life. So I think without, for him, like, without the tension of is she going to kill him, the sex scene's just kind of banal. Mm. So that's why it just... Right. (laughs) It goes on and on and on. (laughs) But for him, he says the only reason he thought he had license to do that is that you're thinking, is she going to murder him once she has an orgasm? That's actually a very good point. Is that why she's taking so long? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like... I gotta say, though, yeah, I mean, this was something that I thought was cool about the rewatch is really appreciating Sharon Stone's performance. Because, again, like... When something is so iconic, it's easy to forget why it's become that way in the first place. And there are so many things about this performance that are so, like, genuine and, like, super kind of shocking. And, like, things she does, like, I I was super struck this time, like, when the, um, when her girlfriend, Roxy, when, um... I mean, I guess we'll get into more plot points later, but, like, there's a scene where she's, like, crying over her or, like, grieving mm-hmm. over her. And, like, I remember being, like, oh, my God, like. <laughs> it feels real. It's like, like, it I, felt... Yeah, it felt like a very real moment, but, like, I felt, I mean, I was, I just wasn't, it was still surprising to me. And it's interesting at that point, she says, make love to me, and then that, that sex scene's completely alighted. I think maybe because there would be nothing else other than them just having sex. That sex scene's not there. Right. They just cut to them cuddling afterwards. Yeah, that's very true. Which seems weird for this movie because it seems like it's been all about uh, let's show as much sex and violence as we can. No, because this one, that this particular sex scene would have no threat of violence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, so, yeah. Because I did, when that scene did happen, I was just like, oh, here they go again. And then they (laughs) they just sort of cut. You're right. They do just cut to the aftermath of them just Mm -hmm. wrapped up in each other. And, like, are her feelings (laughs) genuine and and things like that. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I personally think, like, the LGBT angle, like, I thought it was handled well. Like, there's this whole thing about... I mean, I think she hates men, and there's, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with her being bisexual. I think she has... No. Whatever it has to do, like, they, they don't really hint anything about her past, except, like, she, you know, had parents that died mysteriously. They don't really go into mm. that. But, like, you can take from that what whatever that is, mm-hmm. but it does seem like she has genuine connections 
with women that might start to get too intense on her side. So it's kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. So she becomes obsessed with these women and then right. they pull away or they like try to get away from her. Mm-hmm. And then she and kills these men, these men that would probably She has a love-hate relationship with men because she's able to control them, which is convenient. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's true. I think but, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really find a challenge with with men, like especially in the the scene where you know the the iconic flashing of her private scene. Like she mm-hmm. controls that whole room, and like all of yeah, those men are completely so under her spell. So right. you just yeah. So the thing is, like she she finds that women can break her heart, whereas she can break men. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's what's different is like with Michael Douglas is like I think she actually does. So she does find a true connection with him maybe the connection is that she's only found with women prior to this connection that she finds with him you know everything has been based on sex and power and you know she's actually like vulnerable for the first time yeah that's supported in the movie by how much of a reaction she gets he gets and out of roxy yes because roxy obviously didn't try to murder any of her other boyfriends right so it's true yeah. yeah like even like she even said like roxy was like into the idea of like the, having the three-way yeah. you know and now she's just like oh yes no you and like the whole time like the scene where you know she's with him in the club and you're focused on roxy and like you see her like seething with the jealousy so yeah the Doing whole like the weird little, her dance the little dance the 90s the weird dances i'm gonna use a lot of hands i was like okay okay i'm into this i guess although like, like it that. is so funny how like in the 90s like i was thinking of like Jacob's Ladder like there was like this like thing where like there's these weird club scenes weird with like these lanky scenes. weird yeah. white dudes who like can't dance and they're <laughs> dance. just like sweating yeah, people would never be in a well uh, well maybe Michael Douglas would be and he would wear a v-neck which was ridiculous. Oh, he was not in club attire. The man, the man was also in his late forties in this movie, and clearly hasn't been a club like fifteen years. So he's like, I'm gonna wear this outfit to the club. This is my he's club. Only been in his forties. It's 40s, a good touch. Good touch. Michael Douglas was born in his forties. That's uh, that's true. I do think I actually very much believe that. Yeah. Like, when wasn't he forty? Yeah. Um. The yeah that that I wanted to bring up something about that club scene, which is that. It takes place in a church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is bizarre. That's a cool I remember when I, club. Just gonna when I was trying to figure out, like, why that, I don't know why that almost, I almost just let that wash over me and didn't think about it too much on a lot of viewings. It's that this church iconography, including stained glass windows and all that stuff. It's almost handled the same way that the Jeffersons and the Bart Simpson keychain and all that are, which is that it kind of shows up. It shows up on your periphery. It's like part of this, this like myriad images that are assaulting you, mm. but you don't quite register. Okay, um, it doesn't register as like something deeper. At least, at least at first, it didn't to me. It didn't like I didn't think I. I anyway, I wouldn't. I'm not sure what it means. Like, is, there's, is there a deeper meaning behind it? You know, when yeah. when things are supposed to have the meaning. Yeah. Uh, I think the whole movie is uh, kind of devoid of those meanings. And maybe that's the deeper meaning. Mm. Is that there's a whole bunch of images. There's a whole bunch of little tiny references and icons, including church icons. They're all treated on the same level. Mm-hmm. 
there there aren't there isn't a hierarchy of Bart Simpson is below Jesus Christ, Christ <laughs> on the totem pole of of icons. And then you know? in like the Jeffersons are the same as Hellraiser are the same as yeah, in the 92, Bart Simpson might have been ahead of, yeah. you know. Yeah, Actually, probably. Like <laughs> For sure. Beatles, you know? Yeah, so maybe. Maybe that's what it was trying to do. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because, yeah, people used to carry around rosaries. And what is his girlfriend, the psychiatrist, Beth, has Bart Simpson our keychain. Yeah, that's, that's her the... god, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's something deeper to it. I'm not sure. But, um, but I mean, also like church, like imagery of churches are always so, it always just makes you feel something no matter what, you know, just because there is something. And again, like I made a joke earlier before we started recording about like Catherine being God and like, there is something to that a little bit. Like, I don't think like that's what they were going for. What's interesting is maybe that it's a movie about people who wonder why they don't feel guilty over these things. Mm-hmm. Because Michael Douglas, I think what disturbs him the most about shooting those tourists isn't that he did it. It's that... He doesn't feel anything. Like Catherine kind of knows he doesn't actually feel guilty over it. Mm. That's really disturbing. And Catherine has discovered already there's a freedom in not feeling guilty over the things that we consider the worst possible thing. Right. So that's their connection. Yeah. I think. And, and that's connected to not believing in a God because Mm. I guess not, they're not being a God or not believing in a God. You wouldn't necessarily in Paul Verhoeven's, I think world (laughs) and maybe Joe Esterhaus, although I don't give him a lot of credit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you wouldn't necessarily have a reason, uh, like a good reason to feel guilty. Maybe just like, like, uh, you would just be a good person. Uh, sure, <laughs> maybe sure. these people, maybe Paul Verhoeven doesn't believe in good people, <laughs> which I think, uh, if you watch some of his other movies, it's pretty evident. He, he believes people fit whatever system you put them in. Yeah. And I think there's also <laughs> sort of the you know, the imagery of being in a church and then all of what they're doing in this church, you know, they're, they're having sex pretty much in this church. So they're like sort yeah. of desecrating, you know, this mm-hmm. church, which I mean, in and of itself is maybe like actually a brilliant, like, you know, <laughs> like we don't really think about it, but maybe. then maybe if we really do think about it, just like the, the re- I think that showgirls is a brilliant piece of satire when most people think it's shit. So I think yeah. it's maybe you have to really look deeper into Paul Verhoeven's movies and yeah well if you look at uh, the fourth man which was kind of a spiritual prequel to this movie I mean he made it before so it's not really a prequel this is a thematic sequel mm-hmm. it's about a, kill- a woman who has killed multiple men and this guy is afraid that he's going to be the fourth man mm. it's one of his uh, you know one of his older European movies and in that movie it's full of imagery aware uh, of um, Catholic, not just guilt, but just this fear of God. The main character is obsessed with um, just the most grotesque images of crucified Jesus. (laughs) And also the movie begins with a crucifix where a spider has made its web Mm. and the spider keeps walking across the face of Jesus as if, you know, and it, I don't know, 
what I read it as is, oh, maybe it's like he's he's afraid of God because for him, God is like a spider. It's like it casts a net and you get caught in it mm-hmm. rather than, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it, So I haven't seen that movie yet, but was, in that one, was was she for sure a killer? Because I think I had read yeah, about it. it he, and he finds videos of her husbands right before their death where she's there and they're all described as accidents but she marries these guys they go on like a plane ride together or something and then mysteriously they they crash the plane or they or they go on a boat ride and they drown and Hmm. um yeah i mean she she i mean i wonder i i know that it's it's unclear why she's keeping the the um, she keeps these videos labeled and numbered. Oh, she, <laughs> those like, are her trophies. Film reels <laughs> right. as if they're trophies, which is one of the things that convinces the guy that he's going to be the fourth one. <laughs> yeah, so maybe um, I should stop dating this person. Well, definitely don't marry her. Apparently, geez, you have like a well, little bit of power here. That movie here. was much more European. The guy was just sleeping with her because he was obsessed with this other boyfriend she had so this guy was bisexual was re- mostly attracted to her boyfriend and sleeping with her to get closer to him. i love so that that's a very different dynamic than was in basic <laughs> well i gotta say like but, so michael douglas like put the kibosh on a lot of stuff that was like originally in the script for this like he said really? straight up that he did not want his character character to be bisexual like, I guess there were, like, mm-hmm. references to that. And he was like, no. And then he also, like, full up said, I'm not going to be naked. Because Paul Verhoeven said, he was like, I want to be the first mainstream movie to have um, a hard, or have an erect penis. Ooh. But, like, didn't get to do it. Ooh. Didn't get to do it because Michael, <laughs> Michael yeah. Douglas. So Michael Douglas is a little insecure. We've well, learned that. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And, like, dudes <laughs> have, like, a real problem, I think, with being objectified. Like, they have no problem in the world being time. objectified by, or they have no problem objectifying women. But, like, the idea of them, like, being under the same scrutiny like then it's like oh hold on no 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 and like i agree yeah i think or like he i think a lot of this movie is about the power that comes from being comfortable with that and how uncomfortable it makes all the men when any sort of power game is turned on them well exactly and then you know he there was another thing that he said where like he originally didn't want sharon stone because he felt like he was Mm -hmm. the one doing the doing the biggest risk by being in this movie Mm because he was well known and he was like well i wanted to be to share the bird yeah yeah and it's like (laughs) i don't know you you see this a lot come up though because you know there was that I mean, this is a little bit of a leap, I suppose, but like I've been thinking about this a lot because this past week that Cardi B song came out, um, the pussy song, and like guys on the internet have gone ape shit. They're just like, oh, you know, like why are they talking about wet pussies and like what this whole thing? And literally, I'm like, are you kidding? We hear so many songs about dudes talking about their dicks. Yeah. We can't hear a song yeah. about one pussy. It's so annoying. (laughs) There's something so interesting about, 
you know, and you can obviously speak to this, Bobby, being a, a male, mm. but there just seems oh. to be uh, so <laughs> much, like, fred- fragility to to it and then it's just like yeah you get like american pie where it's like you get a guy like fucking a pie and then talking about dicks and talking about jacking off and then you get you know pen 15 where like for the first time you're seeing like an episode about female masturbation and then you've just been like inundated with like men and jerk off jokes and then you get this like really true and honest and pretty like there are like the the moments where you're supposed to like laugh at it but overall the that episode is like pretty brilliant and pretty like like really well done and then you get that and then of course you're going to always have people be like oh do we have to have a thing about women talking mm-hmm. about it versus like men can just talk about it all the time and there's like that shame that goes with women you know which yeah. is so interesting and, and female pleasure female yes. pleasure especially like one of the scenes they had to cut in order to get an r for this movie basic instinct was him going down on her that's you don't see as much crazy. of that in the non-director's cut Ugh. because that was considered more offensive <laughs> than almost anything else in the movie. And you, there was a lot in this movie. That's one of the things they had to trim. Yeah, that always gets me. There's this documentary that's really interesting called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. And oh, it's about I love the that. rating system. Yeah. And I love when they were talking to Maria Bello and in the movie The Cooler, where it's like a scene where William H. Macy like goes down on her. And then she was like so against the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, we have to like cut out seeing you orgasm. And she's like, what the? F-? Like, she was what? just like bitching about like, this is like real. And like, you can do whatever you want like with this man he can have all this pleasure and you show like Mm -hmm. a second of my pleasure and we're gonna get like an nc-17 rating so yeah the rating system is so sexy well and you know you see that again like later when black swan and um blue valentine were both coming Mm -hmm. out at the same time and even even in black swan though like where it's like two girls going down on each other at least that you know that's supposed to be like titillating because that's like Mm -hmm. That's, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, a man wants to see that or whatever. And then, like, Blue Valentine, when Ryan Gosling is going down on her, and it's basically just a very straightforward scene where he's, like, doing it, you know, they had to fight that rating because it it immediately got an NC-17 because of that scene. Crazy. And luckily, Blue Valentine and Black Swan, I think, were the same production company, or they were at least being distributed by Harvey Weinstein, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he fought it. He fought it, though. He was just like, he no. He did fight well for his movies. Awful person. Uh, but he fought for uh, I know. <laughs> See, we, we're going to have to go at, at a certain point. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, he did fight for it. And he was like, listen, like, this is no this is no more graphic than the scene in Black Swan. It It's ludicrous. That, um, but again, it's like a female's pleasure if it's not, doesn't have anything to do with like a man, it's like (laughs) automatically like too much. (laughs) Well, there's a, I mean, you were, you were talking about that documentary. Um, this Mm -hmm. is not yet righted. There's, yeah, again, this is like another thing where in, um, in Boys Don't Cry, when they were like trying to deal with that movie being with the censors, mm. um, the direct like they it came back and it was like NC seventeen, and apparently the director was like, okay, that's fine, but then <laughs> of course like <laughs> the yeah. TriStar or whatever it was was like, it was no, like, no, it has to be R. 
So they broke down what it was. And she was like, well, I'm not going to tone down the violence at the end. I'm not taking out that rape scene at the end. Like, I know it's hard, but like, that's what happened. Um, and then what, like, again, it has to do with female pleasure. It was like the scene where it was Hillary and Chloe oh, after yes. Hillary's gone down on her. And like, there's a part like right after she gets up where she like wipes her, wipes, wipes her yeah. mouth. Oh, yeah. And like, apparently it was too much. Like, that, little... like that graphic rape scene in the end. We're totally fine with that one white. Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of being fine with rape Ooh. scenes, it's interesting Michael Douglas put the kibosh on so much and then didn't put the kibosh on. My character can't rape my girlfriend. Oh my god, that was awful. Oh, I know. <laughs> that, like, date rape scene. I mean, and, like, again, it's realistic like, it's a, in a way, actually, I mean, when you think of that. It's uh, like, well, it's like that rapes. power. It's like this weird power dynamic. And of course, like, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, I think. Again, he put a lot of things on things that would make him think people would think he's weak or whatever. Something right. that might make him feel like the audience might think he's, you know, yeah, lesser than or whatever. But then, yeah, that scene where he like straight up rapes his girlfriend, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I he like, it probably no even probably make didn't sure think she says no. Yeah, like she says no. I was sitting there and I'm like, at first I was like, because it was rough. And then I'm like, wait, we we can't be like, are, I'm like, are they rape fantasizing? I was like, is this part of their weird? No, side? And then just, I was like, no, it's, it's not. And then she's like, no, the end, she's Michael like, Douglas. you've never done that before. And I'm like, yeah, he fucking just raped you. And yeah, yet Gene Triplehorn like keeps going back for more and is like in love with him. Like Michael Douglas has never once in this whole movie like sort of shown me why both of these women are like so in love with him other than the fact that he's michael douglas yeah yeah well, well that, that, that seemed why. to be that and was the also compelling going thing. back to your abuser is not unheard of yeah no that's uh, true too Very so true. you know it's uh it in some ways it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that it was in a mainstream movie it's not completely unrealistic like i said mm-hmm. but uh but I'm not sure what the point of it. Now it reads like this is another indication, kind of like you said about Fatal Attraction, that Michael Douglas is the real villain. Mm-hmm. Because in this movie, you know that he shot innocent tourists. And doesn't really and he's And he's constantly care. being an asshole to everyone. And, <laughs> and then he true. rapes his girlfriend. So you're thinking, yeah, this is not a good guy. Yeah, this and, guy And maybe sucks. if that was the point of it, then I think actually it, it makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it's excessive showing as much as they did, but it does drive that home that this this guy. I think what it is supposed to drive home is that this guy isn't isn't He's normal, not the or hero, isn't what you think sure, of as a normal yeah. guy. Yeah, because he doesn't feel remorse. He's violent. He's you know he's basically he's a, a latent psychopath, whereas uh, Catherine Tremell is a fully realized one. Mm-hmm. You know and uh yeah so yeah and that's what i think is really interesting about sharon stone's performance if we and i think it's really good that we like just watched you know fatal attraction where you just see this like just downfall of a woman like i don't know just succumbing to her like own psychosis Mm -hmm. and just being so mentally ill whereas it's like it's like a different mental illness within you know totally in control yes which is so interesting you just see somebody who yeah who's just like you just have somebody who's really mentally ill versus like you know a complete 
granted if you're you're obviously mentally ill if you're like a sociopath or a psychopath Mm -hmm. but you just have it's just like a different it's just two very different looks on mental illness which i found really different characters yeah yeah and i think that's really great because like you look at uh you look at just the performance that um you know, Glenn Close gives, and then you look at the performance that Sharon Stone gives, and Sharon Stone gives, a, and I, I think, a, a really great performance in this, too. And they're yeah, just so absolutely. different looks and takes on mental illness, which I really appreciated. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then again, like, a, around the nucleus of fucking Michael Douglas is an asshole. <laughs> yes, yes. Fuck yes, that guy. <laughs> it's canon that Michael Douglas is an asshole. Who's and he's the one who's out of control completely in this movie and acknowledging it throughout. He's just like, I'm falling in love with you, but I'm gonna do my job and make sure that you're you're. But then to does justice. like insane things. <laughs> does insane things. Yes, you know, yes. again, it also it also goes to show fuck cops. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Pulls on any thread that that leads to her potential innocence just because he wants to continue having sex with her. <laughs> it's very convenient that he wants to get rid of the one woman that he keeps being convinced is the real murderer. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's yeah, just, I just... Uh, didn't understand like I, I just really didn't understand how he wasn't fired i know they were like oh we're gonna like put you on leave but like th- just so yeah. many things were happening to him specifically and they're like now nah, we're just gonna you're gonna keep your job and i'm like what the f- to be to be a white man in the cops i believe it if the public didn't find out about it i don't think it's true it's probably true like you could shoot, it's- shoot two tourists in broad daylight while on cocaine right <laughs> He wasn't fired the first time when that thing. when that happened. How is that? Yeah, how is, how is, that, how is that the first? <laughs> Just keep the cocaine out of the papers, because cops. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was feels bad. <laughs> like, make sure that they know he feels bad. Except that he doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, those innocent tourists that I shot that just wanted to see San Francisco. <laughs> I gave him the true San Francisco experience. I was coked out of my mind and I shot at him. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of how this movie is like and unlike uh, the Vertigo, because mm. it takes place in San Francisco. There is a traumatizing incident that frames the character, the, the main character's yeah. psyche. But in Vertigo, you see it. It's also something relatively, you know, it's not like he's a, he's a victim mm-hmm. in that Jimmy Stewart is in Vertigo. Whereas Michael Douglas obviously no. isn't a victim right. of his traumatizing circumstances. No, he caused it's... the traumatizing yeah. experience. It's yes. a little different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but is but is looking for a way to not be uh, responsible. Mm-hmm. Associated with it, yeah. Because he doesn't Yeah, because he doesn't and also because he doesn't feel like he should be. Um and then how Hitchcock never really showed sex, that's what he found sexy. <laughs> right. Paul Verhoeven puts everything yeah. out there. <laughs> Does not. The, the score sounds a lot like Vertigo, which is a brilliant score by Jerry Goldsmith for Basic Instinct. But uh, apparently it was real difficult for Jerry Goldsmith because Paul Verhoeven really wanted something that reminded people of a Hitchcock movie without just copying Bernard Herrmann. So it was a real struggle to get what he wanted out of Jerry Goldsmith. Well, it is. I feel like it is hard to, when you're trying to evoke something that is similar, it is hard mm. to do it without, like, outright copying it, I think. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because, you know, you don't want to just yeah. ape something, but, like, you're going for a very specific style. So at that point, you have to probably be really good at, like, music theory or something, because then you can be like, okay, well, you have to, like, break down the music almost. Like, kind of like mm-hmm. when you're, yeah. you know, trying to recreate shots or, like, trying to, like, set a mood. Kind of like what Ari Aster did with Midsummer, Like, how it looks a lot like The Shining in some parts, but, like... Mm-hmm. different you know but nothing like the shining mm-hmm. in terms of the content yeah so you can't... right right but like going for those like language shots and like you know doing that sort of thing like that at that point it becomes mm-hmm. very technical mm-hmm. you know because you're not trying to actually copy it you know yeah, yeah. you're trying to get the feel without you know you tr- without being like gus van zandt shot for shot like <laughs> rip off of psycho you know yeah yeah, no, Which, like, bad. I'm never gonna... And, like, again, so now you know, a shot-for-shot shot remake, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, whatever you like, think why? the experiment is, whatever also, you think the experiment is, it's not gonna work. But, like, why would you take something so iconic and do a shot-for-shot shot remake, put it in color, and then just, you know, not have the... I, I just don't... I don't know. And, like, I Vince Vaughn is fine, but when the fuck is Vince Vaughn ever a good idea as Norman Bates? Oh, seriously. So like, like, Norman Bates, like, Anthony Perkins could get it. And the whole <laughs> yeah. thing, I mean, it, going a whole other direction with Anne Hesh or something. Because Ugh. I know who Anne Hesh is. But I don't think most of America at that point knew who Anne Hesh was. No. Yeah, so the Janet fact Lee that she would Janet serve Lee. the same purpose as Janet Lee. It does, yeah, no. it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and the thing with like what what shocked people it, with Psycho too was like you you believe that you have your false protagonist, like mm-hmm. you go along with Marion Crane and with Janet Lee being such a yeah. big movie star at the time, you go along with it. That's why it worked with Scream, you know. Mm-hmm. When Drew Barrymore is like, "Nah, you're gonna kill me in the first ten great. minutes of this movie." Yeah, yeah you're gonna market you it that I'm in this coming. movie and I'm dead. It's yeah. brilliant. It Even works. with Psycho existing, that worked again in Scream because exactly. Drew Barrymore was so huge. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah, good. and it was contained to one scene. It wasn't even just like you know, because I mean, Marion Crane is in the first like twenty twenty five minutes of the movie. Like it's a total like false start. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I, so again, like, a remake of Psycho doesn't even make sense, even if you don't do shot-for-shot shot remake, yeah. because the twist, or that, 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 that thing at the, when she gets stabbed in the shower, like, it's shocking. What about and, a remake you know, of Basic Instinct? <laughs> yeah. They did make a sequel of Basic yeah. Instinct. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, and you've seen it. <laughs> it is apparently... God awful. Well, because yeah, I, I, I tried watching the sequel to Nine and a Half Weeks, and like, I know obviously those are two different things, but that one was so bad that like, I no like, sequels I can't, for you. Yeah, no, no I mean, sexy sequels when they're like in their 40s. Was, like, was Kim yeah. Basinger in the sequel to Nine no, and a no, Half no, Weeks? No, 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 no. It was because uh, Mickey then it would Rourke. be the same situation. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was Mickey Rourke. And oh, yeah, see, he terrible. was. But he's yeah, just not as like, sexy anymore. Just has yeah, no, no. It's like oh. Mickey Rourke like 10 years ago. So I like, that, it's yeah, not... Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler tried to do a sexy movie now. <laughs> yeah, pretty Ooh. much. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but like, yeah, which, no. you guys got to do Angel Heart. Uh, uh. 
Never yeah, we gotta do some Mickey one. Rourke. We gotta do some Mickey Rourke movies. Yeah. We'll burn up the celluloid. He was hot Harvey. back in the day. He could oh my it. god. It's crazy. It's it's crazy how hot he used to be. Yeah, yeah. sad. Um, sad it's day. crazy how yeah, how grotesque he is. <laughs> is now. Well, like it was sad. like the boxing Weird and face like and facelifts and stuff. Like yeah. but you know, he even said himself that he thought like he thinks he like did it on purpose because he was like trying to get away from that pretty boy, image, you know? Yeah, yeah, like he was like he thinks he like right? <laughs> you know like let me not be the good looking man anymore. <laughs> I think George Clooney did it without mutilating his body. His, <laughs> his right, he just got old. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grew a beard. Although, because it know. is funny because like George Clooney though, like to me he doesn't look any different than he did like back in the 90s but then i'll go back and watch a 90s movie and i'm like you'll be like oh Oh, watch no no if you watch like from dust till dawn and he's got like the Mm -hmm. neck tat you're like oh shit it's like who the fuck are you (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're just like oh he was that good looking right okay okay (laughs) right right um so yeah what would you guys say in this movie is like your batshit moment so, Bobby, we talk about batshit moments, and this is, like, a movie where you, like, where you're, like, what the fuck was that? Like, what, what is this, what is this movie <laughs> kind of thing? Well, the first time I watched it, it was right from the beginning. I mean, you get, mm. you get that sex scene right away. After a very uh, calm and stately title sequence. Right. With that beautiful <laughs> music. And then you got this, they're having the most graphic sex I'd seen up to that point in my, in my life in an American movie. And then he gets stabbed in the neck and there's the most blood I've ever seen. It's a lot like that scene in Gone Girl. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak, uh, speaking of, refer- uh, I don't know what, references and homages. Uh, yeah, I, I guess after that... Uh, after that, the movie wasn't shocking anymore. Maybe that was the effect it was supposed to have. There mm. was, there was, it was interesting, but it wasn't shocking to me after that. Yeah, I actually had the the same batshit moment, and of course, going into this being my first watch, but knowing it, but not expecting like the first, yeah, like after, yeah, you're like a very tranquil like <laughs> credit sequence into just like tits and ass immediately i was like oh okay i knew there was gonna be lots of tits and ass but i didn't know it's gonna be like right that, off the bat right off the bat and then yeah like and then yeah she comes and then she just starts wow <laughs> like like in the eye and the neck so and i was much. just like oh so it's interesting that the movie hit you with like a huge wallop and then kind of it tapers off sort yeah, of it does where there's more i mean it almost makes the rest of the movie, which is not subtle at all, seem subtle in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 after we've we've satisfied your hunger for sex and violence, we can be more tasteful and show yeah, you yeah. scenes of rape and yeah. I imagine potential watching murder. that in the movie theater in 92 like what was the like how did the audience gauge that like i would have loved to have seen this movie like because i was telling jenna the first time i saw showgirls was actually in a movie theater with people that were like big fans i started on 35 millimeter at like an art house in boston because it's one of it's my bobby 
Jenna has her Bobby and I yeah. have my Bobby. It's my Bobby's like one of his favorite movies. And he's like, you have to see it. You have to see it. And then he's like, they're playing it. Let's go. And I just got like this full experience. So I imagine what like because there's certain movies that I feel like you need to see and enjoy, not just for the theatrical experience, but like for the audience experience, mm-hmm. too. Something yeah. we're like totally missing now with obviously COVID. But like, yeah, just what was like 1992 like that opening scene, like, let's say opening night with, like, a full theater. What was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, what I do know... I mean, it was a big hit. ...is that it was a so... huge hit. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I know that it was more popular with men than women. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Because <laughs> they sold it as that. Well, I would have been, been a big fan. I mean, I am a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I would have okay. been there. I would have been there a bunch. (laughs) You're like, I'm seeing this movie again and again. But I can totally understand why, you know, men would gravitate towards. And I guarantee you if there wasn't the the bisexual angle, that men would not gravitate to this movie as much. Because they were like... Yeah, but here you see a vagina in it. Yeah, so you're like, you know. And then you're like... But then I, I gravitated to this because, like, I just love, like fucked up crazy women movies mm-hmm. and like to me that's oh, like yeah. what i'm just like because i remember like my, my friend bobby he was like oh do you want to go see ingrid goes west it's got a crazy woman in it and i was like i'm gonna go see this you know so like like i like just like i like see because i like the performances that you get from mm-hmm. these actresses or even actors yeah even like a, just like somebody who's like a little off their rocker i like that i like to see that so yeah of course that's like to me that's why i was like oh why i'd want to see it like i would watch this movie again and like fast forward through like the sex stuff like i <laughs> Like, you know, like, who cares? Like, again, you, it didn't do anything for me. on Michael Douglas's sex faces? His, wow. Yeah, and his butt. Or his, like, butt? Yeah. So what, in Michael Douglas' butt, yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Um, I think he I looked good in his me. late 40s, yeah. but I'll give him that. He that did. Was, he definitely uh, did. Good body for a late 40s gentleman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I would say for me, like, my batshit moment would be that date rape scene because oh, yeah. the way it starts off and, like, the way it goes, like, you think it's going to be, you know, like, a rough sex scene or whatever. And then yeah, all of a sudden okay. you're just like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what the fuck am I watching? And then, like, I remember being, and then, like, I remember getting, because I didn't remember it like that from when I last saw it. And then I was pissed. <laughs> and then, like, it did, it definitely, like, recolored the way I thought of Michael Douglas's character. Because I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, hang on a second. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah, it frames him totally differently after that because you think you think about him differently. Right, because like... He raped again, somebody. Yeah, and again, like, you see it... Well, that's his reaction to actually being turned on. It's as if he's never been turned on before because... He's actually turned on by the Sharon Stone character. It's not someone he's just having sex with, using for you know to have mm-hmm. sex, obviously. So, and then his reaction is, "I gotta have the most violent sex possible with this person who I use as if." It, it's funny she compare he compares her to masturbation in the first scene yeah. they have together. Yeah, he says that now that we're not together, what's going on? He says, "Well, I'm developing a lot of calluses." <laughs> it's like he's saying, "Well, yeah, you're just a replacement for." You're just a better version of masturbation for me. Right. Just treats her like shit. So, so and, and that's what he does with her. It's like, I need to, 
I, I've been so turned on by this other woman, I need to perform the most violent sex possible, and now I get to use you for that fantasy. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And it's, anyway. I mean, again, yeah, though, like, so for me, it was shocking. So, yeah. Like, I was like, what, like, this is insane. Like, yeah, so that's, that was for me, I think. In a movie full of, like, weird, violent sex, like, that scene, to me, was, like, it's stood true, out. It's the most Because disturbing. all yeah, the other is. sex is is consensual. Like, when before she, like, stabs him in that scene, like... <laughs> the murder isn't consensual. Yeah, he's, like, it. into yeah, being, like, tied up, and then Michael Douglas is, like, into being tied up. So, like, even when it's, like rougher than you know like normal like they're into it this like she says no gene Triplehorn's like no like so like stop like basically yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that's why it's like so yeah and i i did read that like you know you could say the lgbt community had the issues with you know with the character and you can agree or disagree with that but there were people that clearly had issues with the rape and like you can't argue yeah. with that you know <laughs> no absolutely. you could just be like it is it is in yeah. here unfortunately but yes we agree like what the fuck but it also like it does say something about this character that up until then we haven't really that has been kind of hinted at with like his like non-remorse mm-hmm. for killing those people like with his like obvious drug abuse and like him now trying not to be not to drink yeah. like he's obviously trying to keep shit at bay yeah. And then this is like you finally see, what, you see what he's trying to keep at bay. You see the type of person who could, who could kill the tourists, who could yeah. do these things, these heinous things. Who is probably the person that Catherine Tramell is in love with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's not like they have a connection because like it's all fucking warm and fuzzy yeah. inside. That connection <laughs> is from like a real like rotten like thing in between the two of them yeah (laughs) yes Uh, (laughs) um so yeah i guess where would you guys put this on the uh garbage meter (laughs) do you think you would put it on the garbage meter or do you think it's sweet garbage or well, I know about your your meter, and you've 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 declined to put some movies on the meter. But I do think that this movie does sort of embrace that it's a that it's a piece of garbage. Yeah, I think that I, it really so. is a quintessentially like sweet garbage movie. Maybe I the only so. reason you leave it off is that, that it's obviously kind of aware of that. It's not. I don't. I don't know what you'd say. It's like it's playing with that. It's 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 the ultimate erotic thriller. It yeah. plays with all of the conventions of erotic thrillers. Tropes, it's yeah. got it's got a single white female subplot that comes up yeah. a couple of times. It's, it's got <laughs> Michael Douglas <laughs> from Fatal Attraction. It's got, yeah. We're trying got this to hot make blonde lady. Yeah, it's got vertigo. It's it's trying to make the ultimate version of one of these movies. And I really think that it kind of is. I think it is the ultimate ultimate thriller in its own way (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely true like i feel like this has vibes of erotic thriller more than let's say uh you know fatal attraction did because there's times where i'm just like i don't know necessarily if this is like a, a a big thriller versus like i i feel like this you know with basic instinct totally is so yeah. yeah and there are there are moments of it where it's like 
yeah, I don't think you could be like, this is a completely garbage film like some of the Lifetime ones that we've done. Because, like, I mean, you, you have Michael Douglas in it and you have a, a really solid performance from Sharon Stone. So <laughs> yeah, acting-wise, okay. like, if you put, you know, not those people in this movie, it would probably be just, like, complete shit versus... I know. I don't think it could... I don't think it would have yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or it's enjoyable shit, this, you know. Yeah. No, this is, I feel like this is quintessential sweet yeah. garbage. Like, weird. it is well-made. It, it is a well-made mm-hmm. movie. But, like, again, it is. It's, like, it It basically, like, checks all of the boxes of, like, every erotic thriller, thriller I think I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Convoluted plot. <laughs> convoluted. Convoluted plot. Like, there's no way to really follow the plot. It's, like, yeah, he happening? is kind of, like, trying to figure out if he's, if she has killed these people and, like, going into her past a little bit. But really, it's just, like, kind of going in and out of scenes and, like, mostly having sex and then people getting stabbed. And trying to, like... <laughs> and ice And then picks. the movie trying to make us believe, like, you know, like Bobby said that, like, oh, you, she didn't do this murder when we're like, eh. Really? <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. It's, like, that's that's a hilarious And then the ice pick at the end, was that supposed to be a... <gasps> Oh my yeah. god, it was really her. Right. It wasn't just like Orgy and Triple Horn, you know. Right, cuz like the ending to me like, I don't know, like I guess it was supposed to be like an aha moment, yeah. but like it doesn't really again, like maybe it is no, it because we read know as a it. Twist. No. Yeah. yeah, like we're just like, oh, obviously. Cuz we're like waiting sooner for or later, Michael him. Douglas. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. It's I think she true. was ready to she was ready to grab it when he was like we're going to have kids and she's like, "All right, hold on a second. I, I goes to grab movie it. takes you into the psyche of someone who like maybe even the rock star with this was this way too and he's kind of this faceless man at the beginning mm-hmm. who knows that this woman has a history of murdering people, has written about murdering someone in exactly the way that she could murder you in her book. And somehow believes that he's the special one. Yeah, he won't get And so, like the movie, the reason that's emphasized maybe isn't because it's a bad movie that thinks you're going to love this twist. Maybe it's also because it's like, this this would be really shocking to Michael Douglas that she's still thinking about killing you. Right. No, I I think that is, that does have something to say. That's exactly what it is. Because like... (laughs) He's like, after all we've been through, and she's yeah. like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. What? Do I have to stamp I've it on my the forehead? Book. The book ends with you dying. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the... what you expect is going to come of this, sir. Well, like, what really gets me to, the, like, Michael Douglas is just stupid in this movie. For the fact that, like, <laughs> ending up in her bed at the end of this, when he's, like, in her house and she's printing out the book and she's like I'm done with my book and he like reads about like the best friend getting murdered in an elevator and then like puts two and two together way too late runs up he's already been like stabbed but then you still think it's Jean Triplehorn like I get when they like she puts all this evidence to make it look like Jean Triplehorn has done all these murders but like did Jean Triplehorn just have time to break into her fucking house and read the book I know right like (laughs) you should have immediately been like clearly it's her because how the fuck like th- this would have just been way too like too much happenstance. Like it's kind of like an actor reading the 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 sides, and then going to do the the uh, audition or something. Uh, I I get vibes throughout the movie of 
this is a little this is about making a movie this is about like the the uh crossing your legs scene that's totally set up like an audition yeah got a camera oh that's it feels like a man in the room just like yeah (laughs) making this woman feel uncomfortable and then she takes control of it and they're like you got the part no. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But uh yeah, and 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 he fe- he feels like someone who's read his, the sides for the day. <laughs> then is like, yeah. "Okay, I just I guess yes. I, this is what we're doing today." And you're like, and it's, like, it's cool that my guy is dumb enough to, you know, believe that she didn't do it. <laughs> right. Well, because that Well, I like what written. you said though. I like what you said she earlier. <laughs> What you just said about, um, you know, like his character and like maybe the rock star and like these men thinking they're the special one in his in her life. And like, I feel like that actually says so much about the movie because it is she's not she's actually not trying to be coy. She's not trying to she's straight up telling people, yo, we're going to have sex for a while. But like you're gonna die, My and then like is, and then they go back, but then they're and like, I embrace it. Yeah, yeah. one time but, I'm gonna want to eat your head after I have sex with you. That's just the way. It like, goes. don't take it personally. <laughs> yeah, I get but then they're like, but they're like, what does it mean? What does she mean when she says that? She can't mean what she says. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. they get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a world where no one ever says what they mean. It's, Except for it's, cons- it's considered subversive that this woman right. just comes out and says what she means. And then yeah. like follows through. You know? And then follows through, yeah. I, yeah, I think there's even something there to pick up on, which is that these characters exist in a world where, of course, literally it can't be an alibi, which a lot of people picked up on in this movie. They keep calling it an alibi that she wrote these books where yeah. they describe the same murder, which, of it's course, not. that's not what an alibi is. But yeah. But, that there are these characters who think that coming right out and saying something like that so boldly would could only be interpreted as a way of saying, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Right. This is the type of world that these people exist in. Yeah, I just wrote this book about how I'm exactly, it's like when OJ wrote like the book. (laughs) How would I do it? Yeah. If I did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. something like that. It's like, yeah, if I, if I did it, this is how I would have murdered them, people. It. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, OJ. Oh, man. All right. So we've covered OJ, um, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, we've just hit all <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, up, we OJ We've got to bring Simpson. up Woody Allen or something. Yeah, Jesus. Every <laughs> problematic man we could think of. Uh, <laughs> Chalk yeah. him in here, get him in there. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock wasn't unproblematic, so we did talk about true, him. So. True, true. It's the problematic <laughs> male episode. <laughs> I think yeah. this movie is about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's about a woman who does all the things that problematic males always get away with, and somehow she's a monster. <laughs> and all these men are just being guys. Buffoons. Yeah. Being Boys big old dumbasses. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about covers everything. This is, again, this is like one of my favorite movies. I love this movie a lot. So I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, Thank you, Bobby, for um, being on the show. And yeah, um, thanks, guys, again, for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. We love all the feedback we've been getting. 
And yeah, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you again, Bobby. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. A lot of fun. Thanks, Bobby. Sweet, sweet garbage, baby. Sweet, sweet garbage, baby.